are stories as told by us and may cause some triggers. Names are left out to protect privacy of all parties involved. We do not own the rights to any music in our podcast. And we are not responsible for any distress or damage caused by our podcast as that is not our intent. Hey, welcome back. It's Danielle and Erica. Hello, hello. So today's episode, we're going to be talking about one question that I think a lot of us get, and I think we can all agree that we all hate, and it's why didn't you leave, or why is it so hard to leave? Yeah. So I know um, that is definitely one thing that me and you've talked about a lot that we get asked. Yeah, like if it was so bad, then why did you stay? Yeah. You know, if it was so toxic and you were hurting so badly and then why, why were you still there? Exactly. Um, So I did actually jot down some things, you know, that I know that kept me in my abusive relationship um, and some other things that other survivors have brought up. and I know you probably have had your reasons of staying in mm-hmm. your relationship. Um, and I just want to go right on in and let people know um, that, you know, it's okay to leave even if you're in these situations. And to. No, you have a good point, though, because like many times um, when you're leaving an abusive relationship, um, it's not only emotionally difficult, but it can be life threatening in some very serious situations. Um, you know, women are usually 70 times more likely to be killed in the weeks after leaving. So the thought of leaving, especially in extreme cases of abuse, can be very scary. Yeah. Yeah, I know that was one of my things is, um, you know, we mentioned in my story how there was multiple times just me trying to leave his apartment at the time that he had with his roommate. Just I wanted to just leave to go to my house. And it was, no, don't don't leave me. Don't leave me. And, you know, it does get to the point of. Yeah, I think it can stem to um, from abandonment issues with with certain people, you know, a fear of losing somebody forever, especially if you've had experiences in the past. Um, I personally don't feel like I really have any abandonment issues, but I know that I have a little bit of codependency. Um, so when you're, when you're codependent on someone and you get kind of addicted to the, the drama of everything, you know, I don't, it's hard to describe. I think actually you hit a good point because I know I I definitely have some abandonment issues. Yeah. And stuff and maybe that was part of my a reason. A lot of people do, mm-hmm. you know. Um they they are fearful. And like I guess I do in a sense where I worry about what people think a lot. Um so I guess that's kind of similar to abandonment, but it's not felt as intensely as other people who have had people leave their lives. You know, especially when they were younger. Yeah. And you brought up a good point of what people might think. You know, it's especially 
the way social media is, um, I, I feel like society alone puts on a lot of pressure in mm-hmm. relationships to have that perfect ideal relationship in the fantasy world and also can, you know, make it rougher during uh, breakups. And people might feel like embarrassed or ashamed. Or, or the other person might make that person feel guilty. Yeah. You know, feel shame, shame in what they may have said or done. Cause you know, there's toxic relationships and, and most of the time people who are in toxic relationships, there's toxicity in both people. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's not always just one sided, but because you're both toxic and you get into these arguments and things like you've, you might feel shame for what you've said or what you've done or how you've acted um, and vice versa. And that can get in the way sometimes too, for not wanting to leave because, you know, especially if you know about, you know, when you're in a relationship and you know about past experiences from that person, you might feel bad for them. Yeah. You know, like all, if, if you knew that they had a bad childhood, you know, and, and you use that for excuses for their behavior but then when something goes wrong and they're upset, like when you really care about someone, you're you're going to feel bad about that. You're going to feel bad for them. Oh, yeah. Well, we have, you know, too, like after conflicts, a abuser will turn a situation around and make their partner feel guilty, like you're saying. And that happens a lot right after a conflict. And then you start questioning you know, your own self. And if it's your fault for Mm -hmm. your partner's abusive behavior, it's actually called gaslighting. It's a term a psychologist used to refer to a technique abusers use to make their victims question their own sanity. And I, I feel like that happens a lot. And then, you know, also the whole ride or die that Mm -hmm. society puts on people. It's like, well, you just can't give up on them it's like people have issues it's normal everybody has issues it's like not abusive issues that's not normal right (laughs) um there's healthy ways to go about it um and then i know in uh, one of our episodes we talked about you know the cycle of of abuse and i know 100% I did it so many times it was you know the abuse would happen and then afterwards would be followed by the whole apology it's in my story he would apologize say Mm -hmm. I'm not going to do it again I love you and it went back to being great but was it actually great because at the end the abusive situation would erupt again Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, the whole children come into play, marriage, finances. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that co-parenting, just... wanting to stay for the child or not wanting to, um, you have this picture in your head of perfect family and, and you don't, you don't, the thought of destroying that and what it's going to look like to other people and, <sighs> Yeah, exactly. And Everybody, society. <laughs> Everybody wants that perfect white house with the picket fence, I think the old saying is. Yeah, but it, 
it, it always it always makes me think when people say that they need to stay for the children because I know like in in my my experience in my case it's it wasn't good to stay for the child our relationship actually got better mm-hmm. after we separated so even though it was toxic and it was bad and, and we separated and, and it took us a while you know definitely took us a while to both realize our faults and and figure out you know we we have this beautiful little girl and we got to figure this out like we mm-hmm. we might be toxic in a relationship but we can't be toxic parents like right. we don't we don't want to relive this cycle and and have our child have to to deal with some of the same things we might both be dealing with you right. know that's the goal right Exactly. Um, exactly. And I think you definitely make a good point there. But a, a lot of women think that they, that's why they stay, Yeah, you know, is. and there's some women out there that they're financially too scared, like especially stay at home moms, you know, or, or, or who let the man like make the, be the breadwinner or whatever. I mean, of course that's going to be, it's going to be scary for you to leave because you have not, you feel like you have nothing and you're going to have to start all over again. That's so scary starting all over again. It's definitely scary. I mean, I I can't even tell you how many times I had to start all over and that's, you know, part of my thing now um, is, and it's been my thing for a while is I wanted to always make sure that I had my own place that had my name on it because Mm -hmm. of past relationships. I mean, I, it's like a lot of people have family they can go to per se, where it's like, if this relationship ends and they just kick me out on the street, I'm depending on this person. Like I have nobody to call, like where am I supposed to go? Mm -hmm. I mean, at one point I was actually living several times in my journey of life, I had to, you know, leave with the clothes that were on my back and maybe a few outfits and go stay in like motel six, not in the best neighborhood. Right. So that can be scary for people. Yeah. Um, but it is like, that's why there's reasons of why it's so hard to leave. People just think that, oh, well, there's so many resources out there. Yeah, there's really not that many no. resources out there for people. No, I mean, they're struggling. I, that's, you know, one of my goals is to be able to open up a mm-hmm. shelter for abused or battered women that don't have a place to go. Right. And that is something that Ohio really struggles with is not having enough shelter. And so I definitely understand where people come from. I think, honestly, it's like you can't, if you haven't been in that situation or in an abusive situation, that you can't really ask those kind of questions that you don't understand. You're never really going to understand unless you go through it. And to be honest with you, every time someone ever asks me that, it even makes me stop and think, you know, like, well, why? But I think it, I think here's another thing to that. I know in my instance, I just, 
you crave that love that you had in the beginning, right? Mm -hmm. So you're constantly chasing that very first feeling that you had. And I think somewhere in your mind, you keep thinking, well, after all this, after all this bad stuff, it's going to get better again. It's going to go back to the Mm -hmm. way it was in the beginning. And, you know, he loves me, you know, he loves me so much. Like, or, or, um, I think I can change them. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, he says he loves me. So, you know, he, he's going to change for me. He knows I'm being serious this time. He knows I'm going to leave this time if he continues or they continue to do this behavior. And, um, you know, and, you do love them. Yeah. It's, I'm going to say this and it might be a little controversy with it, but not all abusers stay abusers, right? Right. I mean, some of them change. Some of them get with a partner that they make it aware to them and they might be a little bit more open and, and understanding and kind of help them with that recognizing, you know, some of the behaviors that they're doing. And, and it can get better. But, again, we're talking about situations where we have a lot of habitual abusers that are just they're never going to change right exactly. so there are both out there just wanted to say that yeah I think you know there there's always hope that somebody can change but I think as people need to realize it is not when they are thinking that they can change a person it is not their job no it's not it your is job not your job it's that's not their your journey responsibility. Mm-hmm. Yep. that's their journey it's their responsibility to recognize those things and they have to decide for themselves and take accountability and and realize okay i need to get i need to get help yeah and and there are you know classes out there um for people that there's therapy there's classes there's skill learning out there for people to get help on. Um, I know that was in my story of me reaching out to my abuser's mother and saying, like, we need to get him help. We need to get him help. And that I remember, and I feel so stupid now because I loved him so much and even when he was locked up and I still had bruises on me can still see the bite mark on my cheek um I literally was just like I just want him to get help and maybe you know I'll I'll he'll get help and I'll still be here Mm -hmm. and that hopefully, you know, it all works out. And it took some, a lot of people actually like, Danielle, what is wrong with you? Do you see what he did to you? And it's like, yeah, but, you know, if he could get help on his abusive behavior and, and just stop hitting me, stop choking me, you know, things might just be great and stuff and it was just one day it hit me and it was like no no I I need to love myself enough and know that I'm enough that Mm -hmm. I don't want to ever be in that situation again Um, but he did go into a program where they did teach you know coping skills life coping skills or Mm -hmm. uh, it was something that 
it's people like the guys had to do and where he was locked up. So, I mean, I don't know. And maybe it did help him in the long run. I have no idea. Well, just speaking from my own personal experience, I know um, when I was going through the grieving process after after separating and stuff and we were trying to co-parent, like I held a lot of anger in and it's part it's part of your healing process right like you grieve and then you get angry right Mm -hmm. and you're bitter and I was bitter for a really long time and I I went through a a situation in my life that was kind of traumatic aside from this um, just your normal life experience and I ended up in an anger management class Mm -hmm. and at first I was like this is so stupid like I'm not angry you know I don't I don't need this but girl like it helped me so much and it helped with my co-parenting too because it's not healthy to stay angry after you know so I had to learn I had to learn like coping mechanisms to not be so angry too I mean eventually you start to mimic some of those things I was never really an angry person before but then when you get when you go through everything that you go through and you're with someone who's angry all the time like then you get angry, you right. know? And I was just, I was just pissed about everything. Well, I mean. Pissed about it all. Yeah, life situations can cause a lot of anger, especially if you don't know how to deal with those kind of situ- like like certain life situations. Yeah. Um, and stuff. And I don't, I don't want anybody to think that if you are in an abusive relationship, I don't want you to think, well, see, they're saying that it could, people can change no. or no. Yeah, like I know you, I don't want people to think that because I want you to know that we understand. And there's a lot of other people out there that understand what you are going through with it being so hard. And one day you're going to learn how to not be codependent and how to start over and you know you're going to end up looking back like wow how did I stay in that situation so long Mm -hmm. as long as I did um but there are a lot of reasons and it's just one question that gets asked a lot I definitely feel like um and everybody's going to have their own response to that. There's no cookie cutter response to that question. Yeah. You know, and you could even answer it differently at different phases in your life. Mm -hmm. If you would have asked me this question six, seven years ago, you probably would have got a completely different answer than what you're going to get today. Yeah. You know, because we're always growing. We're always evolving. You know, when you go through something like that, you're on a healing, healing journey. Mm -hmm. Healing never stops. You know, that's right. It, it's a uh, journey for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, I, I just know, too, that sometimes people don't see that there is any problems and that. Yeah, they're oblivious. Yeah, because maybe of they, they're just so like you mentioned, um, in their childhood, something could have happened. I mentioned in my story that I definitely know that I was in toxic relationships as an adult because of abuse that I endured as a child. Like, I didn't know 
what actually it was like to see a healthy relationship um, at all. And the unhealthy or abusive behavior was just like normal. It was like, no, I'm, I'm that's just normal. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it may be hard for them to identify, you know, abusive behavior. Um, it may not seem like a reason to seek help, but hopefully by listening to this, people are learning more about abusive behaviors. And if you ever question if it's abusive behavior, then it is. Then it is. <laughs> yeah. If you have to question if that if this is abusive, then chances are it is abusive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I like we, I think we cover, we covered this in previous episodes. I mean, if there's anyone who's intentionally trying to physically, emotionally, or mentally hurt you, that's abuse. That's not love. No, (laughs) you don't do those kind of things to people that you love. You just don't No, Exactly. Exactly. And I know it took me a long time to be able to realize that me too. And so there is hope out there, and that's why sometimes people stay in a abusive relationship, or why they even feel like it's so hard to leave. Absolutely. Well, I think next time we are um, gonna talk about boundaries, healthy boundaries, and how to set those boundaries. Mm-hmm. And I think we're even gonna cover what some coping, some coping skills. Yes. Um, when you're starting on your healing journey. So, you know, after you leave, what do you do next? You start that healing journey. And you set some healthy boundaries. Yes. And you learn some coping skills. That's right. So stay tuned for the next um, episode. Episode. All right. All right, bye. So if you or if you know someone who is struggling or is in a domestic violence situation, please reach out to the Domestic Violence Hotline, 800-799-7233, or you can also send a text message to 741-741. Also, there are some resources. You can reach out to the Protected Battered Women RC on Facebook. Keep in mind, if you're having suicidal thoughts or you know someone that is, there is also a suicide hotline. That number is 800 273 Five five. I'm a-